You're listening to the Hammersley Brothers Podcast. If you'd like to get started with three of our best tools, see the link in the show notes. They're free and video training is included. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I dived into the topic of Facebook ads, how to get that right and how to understand you've got the right positioning so you can have a scalable campaign. I hope you enjoy it. So let's get started. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Uh, you just got back from India. How was I have the, got just, uh, Yes, I have. How was the trip? I'm laughing. I'm laughing because this we've recorded this three times now, and I was like, just carry on, just carry on, just carry on, and you you didn't let me. You you want you've re-recorded it, and it makes me laugh thinking that we're some sort of professional podcaster because apparently your um you didn't edit the podcast where your wife came in and asked for the car keys you realize that because someone asked me did you know that yes yeah, i did edit, edit it once once they told me to be honest i oh, did edit it and i sent it to the team but they, one of our teams on paternity leave and so someone else did it and it went out and uh, so everybody everybody listened to me tell my, <laughs> tell my wife off about coming in the middle of the podcast to ask me which keys to use for which car yeah. which was uh well, someone Which said is, it uh, makes it. Uh, it makes, it, makes it real, real. Humble, it does. Yeah. More down to earth, more real. But yeah, I have been. I have been in India, and I I got back at some point last week, um, and it was a it was a fascinating experience. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it going all the way to the. The source, the factory, where it's all, where everything's made for our demo store, and walking around the factory and talking to the owners and seeing is what other like, products um, they're making. Is it like China in that that different areas uh, are specialised in in certain yes. products? And and so where you were yeah. was the textile area. Is that the way it works? Well, for yes, for and this, I think it's safe to say there's a lot of India that is focusing on textile, um, and I think. Right in saying there's a certain type of textile production, so sheets and flat sheets and things, um, is in the south, and like rugs and that type of hand woven nature was in the north, I think. But anyway, I went to the south, and um, and do you know what? I think that, but generally, as as I was when I was going there. I mean, not only it was an interesting trip, and the, the 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 company owners were very hospitable, and the factory was incredibly well organised and on a massive scale. I mean, it's fascinating from a you know an engineering perspective, walking around the factory, seeing how all the machines are working together, and it was out. I was just in awe by it. I mean, it was amazing, amazing to see, and so um, so well run that there's no chaos no confusion no everything was immaculate spotless um no you know everybody knew what they were doing and they and they i mean they're producing you know sheets for all over the world for you know hundreds of different businesses massive you know doing i think probably doing about 100 million i mean colossal scale fascinating walking around and what made me what what made me think from an e-commerce perspective, which is very, very interesting um, from for me to see, was how easy it was to do business um, and how welcoming and supportive they were to yeah. us. And I think there was a, for many, many, many years, probably the first 10 years of our career, um, I think like a lot of people, we were worried and scared about uh, sourcing direct from the, the 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 business it's like this sort of voodoo like magic thing isn't it like oh god you know we you know we can only buy from a uk wholesaler you know or you know because it's too much of a risk and and obviously there are risks and you have to think about cash flow and um and lead times and containers and shipping and all that kind of stuff but there comes a point where you have to do it if you are going to 
grow because the margin that you get by going direct is is just obviously game changing. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't obviously don't need to. Uh, there'll be some B two B UK companies that listen to this who will be doing wholesaling, and by no means do we want to take away the amazing. Um, benefits that can have and if you don't need massive margin if you're quite happy with going from UK also I'm not saying don't do it but I, like there's plenty of businesses that are successful that do buy from UK wholesalers but I, I, I the other just point is if you were thinking of we were worried about going direct to you know either India or China or Vietnam or or, uh, you know, because obviously each country has seems to have a specialist in, you know, where they're just masters of their craft. Um, it, it, a, it's a fascinating thing to do. Um, B, I, I, I think it's not as scary as it was. Um, yeah, the all. world's definitely got smaller. The world's definitely got mm. smaller. And, 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 you know, whereas before you'd be buying off a wholesale in the UK and the UK might be buying off, you know, a trade show and there'd like, there'd be quite a few players in between the factory and you. And, um, you know, even, even now what's happening even further is that the factories are now wanting to create their own brands in, in America and the UK, because what's happening for the factory is that we'll have an order of someone's doing a hundred million a year of bedding, for example. And then, that company will go bankrupt or that company might change supplier. And then suddenly he's got, or she, whoever's running the factory has, has got like, you know, 400 employees with nothing yeah. to do suddenly. And well, so, that's what, um, that's what they said. I mean, generally yeah. being completely open and honest with, with you, the, um, the worry for them was that uh, quite a few of their big U S retail businesses had gone into administration um earlier in the year so one of them was bed bath and beyond and um, uh, there was an american business uh, you know it was probably a bit like i suppose like i don't know like woolworths in the uk i don't know if that's right but, but it was bedding it was a bed you know bed bath not really what it's, um, it's more up market because we've actually what? got we've actually got one here that's still from the same brand in new zealand but they're, okay. they're a different company so they're, they're kind of, I'm trying to think what they're more like. They're more, more almost like a... Uh, like a Next or something? Or what? Yeah, kind of like a Next kind of style. If Next just did bedding. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of like yeah. um, every so were, man so, kind of middle, middle yeah. of the road. Okay. So, yeah. So, they, so yeah, they, 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 you know, all of a sudden, you know, I think it was their biggest customer and they, um, that, that company went into administration. They're like, oh, my God. And obviously one of the things, reasons why the experts suggested that Bed Bath and Beyond went into administration was because they failed to adopt an online strategy quick enough. Well, they didn't um, embrace it. They just didn't embrace it, did they? That that's what they said um, happened, yeah. and um, COVID. COVID Quite was interesting. Gonna hit them. Well, the other very thing hard. is, I think it was also didn't it was also some talk that they got they got some uh, somebody from Apple to come in. Um, who removed all of their offer architecture within the store? All the discounts went, and they just went mm. for this sort of low everyday low price. Whereas, you know, prior to that, they would they had a they had a you know more much more open discount. Um, anyway, whatever the reason, what because obviously that's part of our playbook we talk about. So, um, but anyway, generally they would they 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 saw us as a as a great way to actually get online. And, and mm. which, which ironically was what they really wanted was that exposure online, and they wanted a certain percentage. Actually, they were very open. Said they wanted fifty percent of their of their of their volume to be done online. Interesting. So mm. It is interesting, and uh, you know whether or not this is the same. Other people are finding the same thing, but the you know the, 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 the suppliers from you know in India or in China or or wherever. Uh, obviously want you to succeed and they want to back brands and that that and i think they liked online because it um they saw that as a more stable place and i think the problem with retail was they get a massive order of um you know yeah they have have no control over the order and then yeah they're Mm -hmm. gonna yeah, and then it goes, oh, we're buying from somebody else now. And there's one supplier yeah. playing the off. And I'll say the other thing as well is I mean, I was very open and I'm an I'm a easy person to deal with because I said, look, I want my our business partner who we went with is 
probably from the school that he he wants to negotiate every last cent. Um, and if there's a last cent on the table, he'll he'll try and negotiate it to get it. <laughs> and I'm like, look, you've got to be profitable. You know, the you, the deal that you've got to do with these suppliers has to be right for them, because um, if it isn't, they'll you know they'll they'll walk away. So you know mm. you don't want to screw your supplier down to a point where they just get so um, squeezed that, that ultimately they. Um, you know they. You know, well, they, also, they there's a danger they... then of them them dropping you as well, and that's that's a big problem Absolutely. if you built up a complete range. Yeah. Range with them. Um, yeah. Something similar happened. Exactly. That was um, I was talking to somebody who was investing in a range of uh, surf shops in, in Australia, and one of the investors was actually the the factory in China who wanted to be part of the deal because they wanted to be they wanted to have the the knowledge that they were going to be the supplier for you know, forever so that they, they wouldn't lose the order. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they put some money in yeah. to be part of the deal, not a huge shareholder in it, but enough to kind of be, you know, like, Oh, we'll be the supplier. And yeah. I, that you see, they start to see that happen a lot because they just want the consistency, yeah. the consistency yeah. of the orders coming through and, the, and, and not shocks to the system because it's like any business, you, you know, if you, if you lose a customer that's doing like 80% of the revenue, then it's really, Big. I mean, look look back oh, at yeah. our business. I mean, there was there's a there was a time when one of our customers was doing eighty percent of our revenue in one of the businesses we run, and and, and it was it was it's essentially like having a job, isn't it? I mean, I, I'd say that. Well, I think at the time, you know, the thing is that's the case, but you know, at the time, you know, you've got no alternative really. You've got you know, the, no, you have to no. you have to get to where you have to get to where you get to. You do. Yes, that's why. That's why it's so stressful running a small business because you you don't have the luxury of cash. You know, you you have to rely upon single individuals. You have to rely upon um, single suppliers because you don't have. You can't do anything else because you've got mm. to keep it lean. But I mean, generally with the, with the factory in India, the the level of investment that they've made is colossal. I mean, it's deeply, deeply impressive. Um, and mm. I came away just with complete in awe of what they've done. And the family and the and the investment, the infrastructure, the knowledge and experience. I mean, it was just incredible. And but you're right, they've got so much fixed costs that they absolutely have to work with as many. And they see online as a as a as a great way to to even you know, to give them mm. more um, comfort. But anyway, fascinating trip, and I'd like to go and do it again. And if yeah. anybody wants to know my thoughts on and, and i think the other thing around is 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 how you negotiate the deal and credit terms and um and trying to leverage work with the supplier generally to back you and and, tr- and actually bring them as part of the journey that's i think that's key mm. rather mm. than treating the other way around that you know you, you you've got to do it together because you need them and you need they have so much knowledge yeah. as well as what's selling in other markets i mean they were like they're like this brand's doing six million in the u.s um, on Amazon, this brand's doing, you know, X, you know, X million in the UK. This, you know, they were fascinating because they've got mm. so much knowledge of how, what's happening in that industry. Mm. It's like, wow, mm. really interesting. Yeah, if you ever want to know what's going on in your industry, go and find the person who's supplying everybody. And I was talking yeah. to a, a printer the other day in Australia, and he prints everybody's print on demand. All art, you know, everybody's buying uh, art for the world. And, he, uh, he's, and you just say, well, what's selling? And he says, oh, this is selling and that's selling and that's doing well. And you kind of like go, okay, that makes sense. And yeah. it, it, that, it's like a font of knowledge really, isn't it? And uh, yeah. and that, it, there's only a few people have access to that. And that, that those are the people that do well. Anyway, yeah. the, we wanted to talk today about... Um, Facebook ads, meta ads, didn't we? And and mm. we wanted to talk about finding, essentially the process to find better adverts. And one thing we've been doing recently is something that uh, Ian just called just a second ago, the 30-day positioning finder. And we, this is a, a, a process because, you know, you, you go out into the market and you think, well, I want some good Facebook ads. And you may have some okay Facebook ads. Uh, or you might be launching for the first time and you go and look at the Facebook ads library and looking at everybody else's what they're doing and all, all that, all that, all that, that stuff. And you just might be able to see that some people are using video, some people are using image ads. But the difficulty is, is that if you want to have to go and 
you know, record a video for the first time, it's a lot of work. You don't necessarily know whether it's going to work, whether you're emphasizing the right things. And you, you kind of need to know the positioning of the advert before you do it to know yeah. what's resonating. And we were having a bit of discussion before about the, the it, you've got to meet the market with the positioning that, that, that is relevant. And you can have a very good idea of what your brand is inside your head, maybe inside your team, but it might not be reflected on your website. It might not be communicated to your prospect or your your prospect not might not even be bothered about it. So, yeah. you know, there's, but like your, your brand, people get so obsessed with their brand. And so sometimes it becomes completely internal, but some of that brand might just exist for you as a business owner yeah. and have no impact on the customer at all. And you just have to realize that that's a vanity. It's just something that, okay, maybe that makes you motivated to run your business, but at the same time, it doesn't help. It doesn't really need to be there as part of the it's, business. Um, you've, you've said loads of things there, which are really, really fascinating. I'm actually going to blow, going to blow smoke up your bum there because um, you've hit the nail on the head with loads of loads of those. Um, and I, I want to slow down a little bit and just unpack a bit mm-hmm. of what you've said, because what I see, I think what what you hear people talking about with Meta, so Facebook and Instagram, and the same thing with TikTok. Um, you hear people talking about, oh, it's all about the creative. That's what they say. Oh, it's all about the creative. You've got to have really good creative. And actually, probably you've heard us say that in the past. Mm. And it's actually a little bit of a red herring, that. Because the, it's, a, it's actually misleading. It's very misleading. Because when people say, oh, it's all about the creative, the assumption that I think what you hear is it's, it's got to be really creative. And mm. you've got to have really complicated, um, complex videos or, um, you know, choreographed um, uh, storylines. And or it's got to be really funny or really humorous. or really... And so what happens is when brands hear that people saying, oh, it's all about the creative, they go off a bit blind sometimes with to a videographer. And they they try and go and get a video production company to go and do a, a, a load of video. And without really knowing what the brief should be, and they sort of have an idea and they talk about what, what they think their brand is. And this brief then gets written down on a piece of paper and storyboarded and given to the videographer and the videographer often comes with it. And then the, the next thing you'll know, they're going off creating these really expensive video campaigns, um, which actually try and touch some sort of story that's in the head of the founder. Problem with that is, um, A, it's really expensive. B, it takes a long time. So you might be talking months for this whole process to start from coming up with an idea to actually getting it done. Um, and But C... You, might, you haven't got any bloody clue about what actually is going to resonate with the customer. And the problem is, mm-hmm. is that's fine and that's to be expected. But what you don't want to do is go and spend a hundred grand and waste six months on a really expensive and ridiculously complicated video production company without having a bloody clue what's going to work. And that, that it just doesn't cut it for me. It just, it's, not, it's not the way I want to do things. And that's what I see. And, and I know, I think from, if you're a smaller business, you won't be able to afford or you won't really have any idea about how to go and get big video done. But some of the bigger brands do. And um, so when we approach Meta and thinking about how we could improve the performance of the, of the ads, we want to be able to do it in the easiest, fastest laziest cheapest way so that we then know what the positioning is and 
you've said all this and all I'm doing is regurgitating it back to you, but just saying it in a different way. So that's, that's what I think you were saying at this point is that when, so when we come up with this 31 day test, all we're testing is different positioning statements with very simple creative that is not complicated at all. And it's just taking different positioning elements that we think might resonate and putting them into a testing program for 31 days. And then the ones that win, we then lean into and we, we then start to add more complex video production. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Are you happy? Are you happy if I explain that? In a yeah. Way, so, you... so I think, I think we could probably be even more clear. Basically what we're saying is that when you're selling anything, so let's, let's take betting, let's take betting, right? So, so betting online, um, everybody could guess that there's the type of positioning. So there's obviously, there's the quality of the material, there's the feel of the material, there's the comfort level, there's the perceived quality, there's the status of it, there's the um, high price, sorry, there's the, there's the, there's the kind of like uh, high quality, low price kind of element to it. So there's different positioning uh, kind of choices that you could choose to push uh, for bedding. Now, one of those, it's going to be much more, will resonate much more with the customer than the other ones. We just don't know which one it is yet because ultimately that's what we've got to work out. So, you, you know, with anything that you can sell everything in, in different ways. And also there's different demographics as well. So there's maybe the, maybe there's the buyer, uh, the young buyer, the older buyer. <clears throat> so sometimes there's more clear uh, buyer, buyer segments, for example, for like plants, for example, there's the first time plant buyer and then there's the, 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 the experienced garden owner and those kind of things. So you've got those positionings and you've got the different categories, I guess, is, 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 is the right um, format. Because, for example, we're doing one for a menswear company and the different positioning for trousers is different to the positioning for suits. And that makes sense and when it, you start it, just looking to, into just, it. Yeah, just to go just to go back a tiny step, the, the the way we get the positioning is by looking at the the anxiety work, and the, so the anxiety analysis that we do looks at the good reviews and the bad reviews and puts it into categories, and we're looking for commonalities yeah. on both. So the positioning yeah. is either really pushing a positive thing, um, yeah. or and often <laughs> it's the it's the negative. It's like, well, what what don't they want? which is yeah. what the negative reviews are. Yeah. And often out of those two comes the positioning. And so essentially we, and this is the interesting thing is that when we do this 31 day test, we don't know. And it's not up to us to decide what the positioning is. And it isn't actually up to the, the owner, the brand owners, the e-com managers to come up with the position. They have an idea of what mm. they think it might be, but it might be completely wrong. And, also, they might be overcomplicating it because I think there's also an assumption, there's the level of awareness as well. Uh, so take something like cookware. We're working with a cookware brand and they're trying to sell, um, you know, let, so let's say they're trying to sell pressure cookers, okay? Mm. And, you know, they, they, they can make a decision about whether or not to try to educate people who don't know what a pressure cooker is to buy a pressure cooker by mm. saying how simple it is. Oh, it's really simple. You can, you can cook all your food in, in, you know, in this pressure cooker. But the other option is to say, well, actually, I'm just going to focus on people that already want to buy a pressure cooker to buy our pressure cooker. And so you have yeah. to decide, you know, the brand, the owner might say, I think it's all about showing how simple it is to cook um, in this way with a pressure cooker. Whereas, actually, what might be easier and much more cost-effective as a positioning is actually to focus on people that already know they want to buy a pressure cooker to buy a pressure cooker from you. And so, you know, as I say that, you know, these are all things that come out during the positioning and it's yeah. whether or not, you know, at the end of the day, um, what we're trying to do is find positioning that allows us to scale the ad budget and get a good mm. return on ad spend. We don't really care what the positioning is. They don't care. 
What we care about is whether or not we can get the return on our spend in a nutshell. Obviously, that goes that's slightly one sided, but really, if it's our brand, we just want to scale, scale it. And we know that the brand comes from selling stuff. And that's the only way you build a brand, by being able to get people to consume. There's no point you having this perfect brand idea in your head and no one buying anything. Mm. You know, what's the point of that? You you have to be able to advertise and get people to consume and buy your stuff profitably. So, again, it's sort of, you can get too precious about it. Yeah, people, people do, uh, e-commerce... Entrepreneurs do build brands themselves. You just have to realize that if you're an entrepreneur, like minded, you are already very different than the average person because not everybody's an entrepreneur. Like it's very few, few people are. And so it, you, it's very difficult to build a brand for yourself that, that will always resonate with other people. So you're going to have to change to, to be mass market or to be bigger on the market. Anyway, I digress. Basically, what we were saying is you get the positioning element. So you've got the positioning kind of buckets different things that you think you might resonate and then what you do next is and this this assumes you've been going for a while because you you need to have quite a few reviews to to pull on and you would go into your reviews uh, and you would look for um, the reviews that particularly talk to each position uh, statement so let's say let's say that one of the positions for bedding was comfort and you would then, you know, go onto your Trustpilot or whatever you use for your reviews and you put the word tr- uh, comfort in and you, you, you'd pick out the reviews that specifically talked about comfort in the most emphatic way. And then someone might, you might go about, um, you know, like maybe quality or something like that. And then you pick out the ones that are most high quality. Like I was doing one for um, um, soap, goat, goat milk soap the other day. And um, it was all about... Um, you know, getting making the skin much more um, not dry, you know, moist. And I was picking out. I, I wanted the the reviews that, that that showed an instant result. So I looked at you know things that like the first wash and search terms like that because that's really one. I wanted to know if that was the positioning that it that it works quickly and or, or could be proved to be work work quickly. So you you end up with reviews pulled out that support each of those different positioning. And that's the start and normally of we your... find normally we normally we're looking for maybe half a dozen, maybe you know, six. Six or seven yeah. different positioning. Um different and, positioning. and really nothing yeah. yeah, nothing really is off the table. You know, it, you know, it's fine. You can't really get you can't really get it wrong. You mm. know, because um you know we're it's only it's a limited exposure in terms of cost, you know, and it's easy to do the ads. And you, sorry, carry on because you, you then you, you, you're going to talk about how we create them with a the dynamic ad yeah, creation. Yeah, and, and then you so, yeah. so that gives you that gives you the um, the kind of uh, assets ready for the for the ads, and then you would have the images as well. So you'd pick images of your products, probably your best product shots of those of of those images. It doesn't have to be lifestyle images, and in fact, lifestyle against you know, model shot or, or, or mannequin shot or product shot. Those, those things are, are the test. And um, on the image, we'd actually put one of the, the strongest quotes. So the strongest quotes for each positioning, we'd probably, like out of the, the quotes you found for comfort, you probably put the strongest quote on on, on the image. And you test those, those quotes on the image and you test those quotes, uh, so different images. And then you would look. And you might, all those sorry, to, just to oh, say, yeah. just to say one thing. I just say one thing, actually. They're often, so you look at the basic Facebook ad, you know, you've got the top section, which, you know, let's say it's a, you know, in white, really, you know, we, we, we'd put, a, we'd put a, a, a review up there. And then you've got the image in the middle. And then the bit, the bit in the middle, the headline text in the middle, obviously has to be short enough. And it has to be easy enough to read. So you can't put a massive. We're not saying just plonk a testimonial there, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll come up with something that is, you know, probably no more than two lines. You know, probably like five, six, or seven words that just that's just hinting at the main positioning. 
Yeah. Um, so we, we start might put some trust and credibility around it. These, yeah. All those assets, you then start you start to put together a dynamic ad in, in, in Facebook. And a dynamic ad is when you can have, I think, 10 images, 10 sales copy, primary text, 10 headlines, not even 10, maybe five headlines. And you would then run that ad um, either against either against the lookalike audience, like maybe a 1% lookalike audience or, or even a broad audience uh, targeting. And you would actually run that dynamic ad as a conversion ad and then you would see effectively which positioning worked over time. So we say 31 day tests, we do it for 31 days and we'd spend, you know, in, in the most recent one we've done, we spent about 4,000, I think it was 4,000 pounds in this case. And we then had the data across four different categories. Mm. And then we could work out the positioning based on, there's two, two, two elements actually, two elements you've got to look for. So it's not just about ROAS in terms of Facebook ads. You could have a very high ROAS advert that doesn't spend very much. Or you could have a, an advert that Facebook pushes a lot because it has a high link click-through rate. You'll tend to find that the, the adverts that have a high link click-through rate will get shown by Facebook much more than the other ones. So effectively what Facebook wants, it wants ads that are relevant, that are clickable, that it's going to show more of those because it thinks people like them and, and it's relevant to the, to the audience. What Facebook doesn't want is ads that annoy people, uh, even though it obviously has a lot of ads that annoy people, but it wants ads that are less annoying that don't, uh, that don't you know, drive people away from Facebook and never want to come back. So Facebook wants you to have a high click-through rate. You want to have a high ROAS. So effectively, what we're looking for is where they meet in the middle. So it works for Facebook, great, high link click-through rate, and works for me as an advertiser, I've got a decent ROAS on it. Where you get both of those is this sweet spot where you know you've, you're going to make it work. Because you're actually, you're not just looking for, you're not just looking for something that wins during the test, you're looking for something that you can scale afterwards. So it's, 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 it, it comes down to both those things. So what positioning, uh, which of the testimonies you picked out which of those do, do they resonate with the, the customer, which do they get a high click-through rate, and which of the ones give you a decent ROAS. And that's where you start to find um, the start of a successful meta campaign because you start to understand the positioning that works, that will resonate, and more importantly, will scale. So that, in a nutshell, is, is the 30-31-day challenge. And it, it's, it's a simple thing to do, but it's... It's actually very, very powerful to... Well, actually, I would say, yeah, I would say, actually, see, it, it is, it's a very simple thing to do once you have created all of the assets and you've got them into the Facebook uh, dynamic ad, ad correctly and it's tagged so you can see very clearly what the position... But, we, like, like, but actually, it is amazingly... Um, <laughs> It's that sort of thing that once you've done it, you look at it and go, oh, that's dead straightforward. Of course, um, this is what the positioning should be. But that's exactly the, what I was going to say. With it, yeah. It's so complicated. Well, it's, it's so open it's, well, it's, it's it, for you, so much discussion. Yeah. When, like, for example, the, the one you're going to present this week, and like when you've got the positioning for trousers, you go, of course. Trousers are, you know, people want to find their fit in sixty seconds for trousers because it's it's a it's a it's a it's a buy you want to do quickly, and it's like, well, oh, that didn't work for suits. Of course, people don't want to buy be rushed to buy a suit. It, it makes sense when you see the results, and you go and you kind of talk about it, but you talk about yourself goes, well, surely we should have been able to see that before, but you can't. Mm. Your brain, yeah. your brain makes sense of it once you got the results, and you go in hindsight, that's obvious, but it's it's never it's never obvious beforehand. Yeah. And it's funny. So when, like, for that particular business, because we did this, we did this thirty-one day test on the matter. Like, and we did, and and I actually personally sat with the UX team and did the the assets and came up with the, you know, the, the positioning of it all. Honestly, I must have spent twenty hours mm. <laughs> talking about what 
testimonials to do and what image we should go and not that and and so the US thing we must just like and, and you, it, it, when you look at what we actually created it's well you could do that literally in 20 seconds but it was so much time and effort to come up with it but it's mm. get it right I mean it's incredible and do you know what I think you you were onto something when you know it's right when you look at it in the end you go well it's obvious you know, it's mm. obvious, so you know it's right and it works, it makes sense and everybody can get aligned. But then, you know what, then you you lean into it and you know then what positioning matters and what's resonating and then you can then go and lean into that with your creative. So you can then go and make it better and push it and, and, and refine it. And it isn't mm. just meta, um, Facebook. It, it is, it is this, 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 you know, you could apply the same logic to the website then. Your, your mm. store, your product pages, your your copy, your marketing, um, your emails. You know, you know, you start to know exactly what's resonating, and honestly, it's fascinating, really, really fascinating to do it. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. I've really enjoyed that whole process, actually, um, where it isn't just a case of jumping in and going right. You need to spend loads of money on creative, and it becomes a bloody nightmare. Well, that's, it yeah, kind of reminds me of Albert Einstein, who's famously quoted, genius is making complex ideas simple, not simple ideas complex. And it's it, once you know that you've made a complex, so, once you've kind of solved something that's complex, it seems simple. And that is, that when you, that's when you know you're on the right track. Because suddenly you're trying to sell these items and you've reduced it down to simplicity. And then you know you've got it. And really, that's mm. that's what you're trying to do. Because if you if you talk about any talk to any brand who's scaled successfully, they'll tell you, yeah, okay, when you're selling so and so, it's it's about one of these three things. It's about X, Y, and Z. And if we can communicate those three things, then we get the sale. And like it becomes distilled down to that. Like I remember talking to, you know, one of the, one of the big car parts companies in the UK, and he'd scaled huge, and he was just like, yeah, it's just about it's about price availability and delivery and it was that was it that was it and it's yeah. like if we prove those three things then we'll get the sale it's as simple as that for him you know it's not, yeah. not the same thing well, for all, that, and that, well, well i think um i think you know i appreciate i'm often compared to albert einstein as well i appreciate that thanks for picking it out sort of mention that yeah. i um no, I, I think I think it's like everything that you know. Mark, our, our philosophy, as people will probably know, is that we like to cut through the the complicated world of e-commerce and actually boil it down to basics, fundamentally, what's actually happening. And I think there is a misconception again in in so much of our industry, and take Meta as well, that you know, there's this this opinion that there's this magic one this is his perfect way of setting up the ad sets and the um the bidding structure and and, and actually you know i i think what we've just said is probably incredibly useful um but i mean if, if people have got the essence of it um i don't i don't think it's about i think you could i think if you get the positioning right it, everything starts to work. If you don't get the positioning right, nothing ever works. Mm. Um, well, no matter it, it, how good your bloody you ad set creation is. You know where you've got is. to try a bit harder, don't you? Yeah, you, you do. Don't... You're leading into it. You like, Because yeah. you know, I think otherwise you get obsessed with, oh, should it be a, a 3% lookalike audience or a 2%? Do you think we should do, you know, Advantage Plus? And it's like, well, why are you faffing around with all of this? Because you, you, you don't even know what your customers want and what the, what the positioning is. So it's, again, it's the same sort of thing as like going back to the fundamentals of it. Do you know what actually is resonating with your customers? Do you know what positioning is working? Mm. Because then you can um, prove it, can't you? you? If you go, well, if, if we, if let, let's say it's bedding and we go, it's all about comfort. Okay. It's not about the quality of the sheets. It's actually about whether people find these sheets comfortable. That's yeah. what we've got to prove. Okay, how do we prove that? And you go, well, how do we prove comfort? And then you go, well, maybe we do more testimonials on that, or maybe we could, there's a way of actually demonstrating that in a different way. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe the, we we say our oh, sheets are more comfort comfortable because of this, this, and this. You know, like you can see, like I'll go back to Spoke London, and we talk a lot, lot about they'll 
they know it's about fit for trousers, particularly for trousers, which is something we've just uncovered as well, is that then you have to go, well, the reason our trousers fit better is because we've got this, this and this. You have a reason why. You start bringing out the reasons why. Mm. And it's not the same way you would sell shirts, for example, or, or suits. It's different, but it works for trousers and it's subtle. But once you mm. know what you have to prove, you can kind of go into I it. I think there's a... Yeah, and I think I think the way the way that you know that we set them out in the meta in the ads platform, the Facebook ads manager, I think I think just by labeling them as the each of them under the heading of the key anxiety or the positioning, mm. I think it's very, very interesting. You can start to see that all of these ads are all about fit and all of these ads are all about high quality and all these ads are all about um comfort, you know, so you then start to be you can see it. Right in front of you. And I'll tell you what is hard, though, being... is that when I go and do, because we do what we call these meta makeovers, which is another one of your names, which I have to do. As well, I, well, I think we should change the name. I think it's rubbish. I thought that today. <laughs> it's stupid, though. And um, so the first thing I have to do is I have to go and look at the industries and I have to go and look at all the Facebook ads in different industries. And I, you will be amazed how many I have to look at to find some good ads. Like yeah. it is like I'll, I'll have to look at probably one in 20 that I look at will have ads that I think are half decent. Like there yeah. is a very, very, it's a, it's a, it's like, a, it's a desert of uh, good face. Yeah. And there's, there's a few. Well, oasis saw, I saw that. Um, yeah. I saw that. I mean, the one that we did last week, we did one um, in uh, like gardening and, mm. um, and actually, some of the leading ones were like were rubbish. You know, it's like yeah, we sell we sell gardening supplies. It's like that was it. It's like almost yeah. like it'd be in a tick box exercise. And there was one with a video where... of a plant. It was just literally a video of a plant yeah. going past the leaf, and it's like it's like ooh, here's a plant. It's like yeah. So what? <laughs> no. It's just it's just nuts. But it, I think sometimes people saying... get away with it. One, mm. just saying, uh, what you were well, saying about. Uh, what um, Going back a little saying, bit, was a little bit further. Well, was you were saying, you know, people saying it's all about good creative, and that reminded me, it's about like when people say, oh yeah, you've got to increase your conversion rate, which is very much similar to saying you've got to get mm. more sales, which is a very much similar to saying you've got to be more successful. So saying yeah. saying it's all about good creative, it's basically like saying you've got to have good ads, and saying you've got to have good mm. ads, it means you've got to have ads that sell. It's the same as saying you've got to have, you've got to be more successful. At Facebook, yeah. and it's it's like it's of course you've got to be more successful at Facebook. That's what everybody's trying to do. So saying you've got to have good creatives is is another one of those nothing statements totally. in e-commerce that uh, that doesn't really help. I think that's true. All. I think I think in some respects this is possibly a pivotal moment in our deconstruction of Meta as an ad platform. Actually, mm. how the the it's it's all about the positioning and actually having a mathematical way of analysing that because the you know brand and positioning is so subjective and emotional internally and the way you feel about it is very different the way other people see your brand and what actually resonates with them and it's so difficult and you know we talked about like you know with the elevator pitch when you're in the you know and if you try to explain your brand to a friend or family member often you end up talking like a gibbering idiot and you yeah. know you think it's yeah. clear in your head and then and then you, you're actually trying to describe why why your brand is special and you end up saying things like Oh well, we just truly really care about our customers. Our customer services is amazing. We, you know, we're a family-owned business, and it's like, well, no one gives a crap. Mm. No one gives a crap because um, a, you know, it's 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 a given. You know, we assume these sort of things are happening. It's not actually why people buy in the first. Nobody buys because you have amazing customer service. They're buying yeah. because they believe the product you're selling is actually going to fulfil the job to be done. Or it's going to avoid an anxiety, which obviously customer service is a factor, but it doesn't tend to be the primary. It's almost a secondary, you know, if they don't believe it's going to actually fundamentally do the thing. Anyone anyway, rambling now, 
But I would just genuinely say that doing this 30-day test around the positioning and actually coming up with those, it's, it's brilliant. It's a fascinating thing, I think, that we created this year. And well, I, we've I talked a lot. I, we, we've definitely... We, the, the evolution of the Helmsley Brothers this year has definitely been about positioning and yeah. how... Which is branding, another, another word, but it's, it's also positioning. It's what to amplify. But it's, it's been a lot about that and the systemization of finding the positioning across the website, across the advertising, across the channels, across the emails. And really it's that, that is, this is effectively what takes you to the next level. Um, you know, because you, if you've done well, you will have some positioning, but to do better, your positioning needs to be refined and amplified and made more believable. And that's, that's how you allow yourself to reach higher to the next to the next level and so by building these 30-day tests and 30-day things and, and split testing and, and positioning testing and things like that is really is really how we build our own brands and I, like Ian is about to go and do this this exact thing we've talked about today for um for the demo store uh, to find the positioning on there um it's it's exactly what we're doing and it's exactly the way we would uh, we would grow something so yeah mm. this is this is uh, this is really interesting it's really interesting stuff but yeah. um you know you do need you do need these foundation tests to to be able to go and have better conversations with your agencies and better conversations with the people who put your creative term because otherwise you're going to them and saying here's my website i sell f- uh, fish uh, for you know, like at, um, home uh, fish tanks, make me an advert, and, and they don't know. Yeah. They don't know mm. what what the uh, the fish buyer really cares about. If you go to them and say, well, actually, the fish buyer they really care about this aspect and this aspect, and we really need to prove that in a in a in a in a very clear way, and we know that we 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 haven't got much time to convince them of that, so then we've got to be able to do it here. By the way, we've put together our uh, tagline, which we know is split tested well. So if you could use our tagline, because that that really you know gets to the heart of the matter straight away. And here's here's some so here's some of our best testimonials that prove that we can do this. If you go to your creative team with something like that, they're going to come out with such better adverts yeah. than if you rock up and go, yeah, we think it's a little bit about this. You know, it, it's coming it's coming to uh, the people have got to put things together with better information, isn't it? It just helps. Yeah, it does help. Oh, totally. I totally said. I mean, I said. That, funnily enough, we're having a conversation with a, with a brand that we're just doing the meta makeover, the thirty day challenge, thirty day test for now, and they they they'd gone away and they'd done very expensive video production, and it take them six months. I think it, I think they said it cost them a hundred grand, which obviously is a lot. It doesn't need to cost that much normally, but um, wow, was anyway, that the videos I it, saw? Yeah, that, yeah, it's, wow. I think it's about hundred k, and it's like. I mean, they were very professionally done. Professional, but they were just not going to work. They were very, they were very professionally done, but they were all over the place with positioning. You know, the video was trying to cover everything because they didn't really know what the positioning was. So they were, you know, one what it was like. Let's think of everything we could possibly think of and put it in a video. And in some respects, you know, you can take the video clips and then you can then add things to it. And you, at least you've got the shot, the footage, because there was little elements where, you know, there, there were was bits of it. There were bits of it. You could you could take, take some bits of it. But, but like it, it, it was a proof to me that again, it was, it was an example of where. Uh, you know they they, they they you know they haven't they haven't tested the positioning, which is why they're doing the positioning um, test with us, which is mm. fascinating. But anyway, it's, yeah, it's a very you're right, absolutely right. You've hit the nail on the head. That a lot of the work 2023 that we did is talking about positioning, and we didn't. You know, but going back probably four or five years ago, we didn't really talk about it. Um, we were much more talking about the mathematical, um, you know, add to basket, basket checkout, checkout to order stats, which is what people will have heard in the podcast. And we're not saying those things are not important, but we're realizing that it, it, 
those that will grow will be the ones that understand how to be disruptive in the market and steal market share off a competitor. And in order to steal market share off a competitor, you have to know what they care about and how you're going to position your brand against everybody else. And what should happen is that you do it well and you take the market share and if you're a leader, you, you've got to do this anyway. And if you're, if you're trying to be, come up against somebody to steal the market share, you should get it right. And then you start sailing away. And then it's, it becomes so hard for people to catch up with you because you've got the momentum. You've, and then everything starts to work and become much more efficient. Mm. And really, then it's very difficult for people to come and um, attack you because you're miles ahead. You're just miles ahead. And... It's it's just it's about being smart and efficient. Also, people are scale. actually very very bad at copying businesses. You think, oh God, someone's just going to copy mm. us. But when you see people, when you've been successful, when you had successful business, and you see people trying to copy you, they copy the bits. They copy some of it, but they don't copy everything. So they have an incomplete map, and it doesn't work. And that's that's what it's a bit like when we say, you know, we, in in the presentation you do, where you do the the Mark and Ian's. Uh, uh, aftershave perfume, yeah. perfume and it's kind of like well you can't just stick you know obviously you've got the uh the dior advert which i saw today with johnny depp playing his guitar in the desert you know if you give me and you a guitar in the desert and we go and play uh in the desert and put an aftershave on it it's not going to work we're missing something else you know there's a missing <laughs> ingredient which is um johnny depp's film career obviously um and it, it's it, it's 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 interesting how it works but it, you've got to you can only you can only understand it by putting your putting your feet into those shoes and actually running that running that path. Yeah, you know it's yeah. it's, it's the way it works. Anyway, I think we'll, again, we'll leave it there. Really, you know, I think we will. We'll, we'll, yeah, we will leave it there because it's late and it's tired. But I, I would I, I would just finish off by saying the nice thing about the the methods that we've said here today is it's 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 the cheapest way to test. It's the fastest and cheapest, and it's the most laziest way it's it, it's so and it wishes the philosophy with everything really if, you know, very why, effective very effective very effective very effective what you know what yeah why, why bother spending six months and a hundred grand when you could achieve the same thing in 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 you know six weeks for yeah. five yeah you know yeah awesome don't let perfection get in the way of good and in fact in some ways don't let good get in the way of mediocre because mediocre might be all you need to scale. Stop flapping about things that don't met matter. Yeah. Generally. I don't think we okay. should encourage people to be mediocre. Let's build some mediocre brands, people. Let's go, go, I've go. been mediocre in my entire career. <laughs> uh, I'll get you into the Premier Mark, League You should here. cut me off. Cut me off now. All right. End Have it. a nice evening. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Here we go.